The Republican Party is celebrating a win just two years after Democrats had their own record-setting year electing women. Republicans have at least 26 women in the United States House of Representatives, and one member of that freshman class is Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Mace told me that her path to Congress started with an uphill climb. There was no amount of prescriptions or therapy that could pull me out of this very dark place where I was. And that's the reason the Citadel is so, that experience is so important to me. I didn't go there to be the first woman to graduate from there. It just happened to be a byproduct of my experience. But I went there because I had something to prove to myself, that I could go somewhere and be challenged, that I could face adversity, that I could face an obstacle, and that I wouldn't quit. The Goose Creek native says she found purpose at the Citadel after earning her GED at Trident Technical College. She says she dropped out of Stratford High School after suffering a devastating trauma. I was sexually assaulted at the age of 16. And this is a story that I, I finally told after 25 years when South Carolina was debating the fetal heartbeat bill because there were not protections for women who've been raped or for women who were victims of incest. When I when that happened, I lost all hope for my future. I, I had no, I saw no light at the end of the tunnel and I gave up on everything. I gave up on the sports. I was an athlete. I, I was a swimmer and a runner. I was a straight A student and all that went away when that trauma hit me, when I, when that had, when I had that horrific experience and I gave up, I gave up on myself. I gave up on life. I gave up on everything. And when I stopped going to school, my parents said, well, then you've got to start going to work. And, and, you know, I remember the days when I would go to work and, you know, stand on a piece of duct tape and, you know, yell at the cooks in the back of the Waffle House how my customers wanted their hash browns. And I learned many, many valuable lessons there, but I learned about working hard. I learned about overcoming and learned about resiliency. And that was in 1995. And then in 1996, the Citadel decided to let women in. And that decision to go to the Citadel to follow, follow in my father's footsteps literally saved my life. Her father, Emery Mace, a Citadel graduate, was commandant at the Citadel for eight years. And I don't know what I would have done without that experience. You know, the two things that I care most about in time right now are my children and my country. She says being a divorced mother of two makes her more aware of the challenges facing American families. It's tough enough being a single mom or a single dad, but then when you add in COVID-19, the pandemic, unemployment, challenges at work, challenges with school, the emotional and physical toll, not only on, their, on our children, but the parents and the families and siblings as well. It's enormous. And so, you know, when we're talking about these issues that are devastating many of our families, I'm, I'm right there with, with everyone else. I'm right in the thick of it. And I see those challenges every single day. You know, the pandemic has changed everyone's life and you were among the millions to have been infected. I had it and it was debilitating. And it really changed my perspective on something and how debilitating it, it is. And I, I couldn't get out of bed between one and three o'clock in the afternoon. I had to have a nap. And otherwise I couldn't get through the rest of the day. The wearing you down of that, and I could not imagine having chronic fatigue for the rest of my life. I just, it was such an awful experience because it wasn't who I am. And in the middle of it, I'm in the middle of a congressional campaign nonetheless. I tried to do some physical exertion in, in December, tried to get back and uh, do some very physical work. And I really struggled with it. I struggled to breathe. And some, on some days when I go up two flights of stairs, I will get out of breath. And that is not like me. And it's an odd thing. Don't understand it. Um, and that's one of the reasons I've 
try to set a good example to share that story with people that I'm what you call a long hauler and that it is a serious illness. Representative May says her goal as a U.S. lawmaker is to understand the issues and protect the Constitution. She says she's reaching across the aisle on many issues. So I was the Republican lead sponsor of a piece of legislation, criminal justice legislation that passed. Um, there was the Wilderness Act that also passed a few weeks ago, and I was one of only eight Republicans that crossed the aisle to vote with Democrats to protect federal lands. Um, and so I'm looking and finding ways that are true to my values and true to the first congressional district and work with members in both parties. We're not going to agree on everything 100% of the time. Um, and I've got to stay true to my principles. I promised that I would be a constitutional conservative. I promised that I would be an independent voice. Um, and I've done, I've been exactly what I said I was going to be. And I've been a strong voice. I think it's very important that when, we're, when we are in a crisis that we have strong leadership. Reaching across the aisle, but not blindly supporting any issue or idea. She says she does not support the Charleston loophole, legislation that would have prevented Dylan Roof, the self-professed white supremacist who murdered nine people during a Bible study at Emanuel AME Church, from getting a weapon. U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn has proposed mm -hmm. legislation that would increase the length of time before someone could get a firearm federal legislation are you working with him on that his piece of legislation called the charleston loophole would not have prevented dylan roof from purchasing a firearm and that's my problem with a lot of legislation is that it might make us feel better about a situation but would not have solved a problem and the one thing that i want to make sure that i'm doing is working to solve the issue. And we've got to have an honest discussion about what would have potentially prevented that from happening and then work to find ways to do that that don't inhibit someone's ability or someone's Second Amendment rights either of a law-abiding citizen. You shouldn't have to wait three days. You shouldn't even have to wait a day to know whether or not someone is a criminal and has the legal ability to buy a firearm. You should be able to pull it up within 60 seconds and know someone's criminal record across the board but today we don't have south carolina doesn't have the ability to do that my legislation on this issue wasn't passed at the state level um i'm working on a on similar legislation at the federal level that would allow the fbi when they are doing a background check and someone is flagged that needs to be looked into to do more than just facts to use the internet to use email um make a phone call do all those things uh, that would make a difference in a case like that do you believe that President Trump was responsible for inciting the insurrection? I've been one of the most vocal members of my party in the days and weeks after January 6th, and I've willingly admitted that rhetoric does have consequences. I wanted my kids up here for my swearing-in to see it and see how, much, how hard mommy had worked and, and the fruit of that labor. And I put him on the first flight home the next day because I said it doesn't feel safe. I feel like something could happen on January 6th. It felt like there could be violence potentially. And I did not want my kids up here. The night before, on January 5th, I was accosted on the street of D.C. by another constituent from the 1st Congressional District um, regarding my vote to certify the Electoral College. And so, um, you know, I live with the consequences and with that rhetoric every single day. I asked Congresswoman Mace if she regretted her recent dust-up with Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The two engaged in a battle of tweets over where Ocasio-Cortez was during the January 6th insurrection. 
No, absolutely not. I would have done it again 10 times over. Um, you know, the week before that, I co-sponsored a letter with Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez that would uh, ensure that those who are working on the Hill on January 6th received the mental health counseling that they needed. This particular war of words was probably the, the most misunderstood thing by her and me and everybody else. It just kind of went sideways. But my initial tweet was actually about the report that Newsweek did that took her words and totally exaggerated her experience. And I was knocking Newsweek for a very um, factually inaccurate false report on it. And the story was never corrected. And so then I just simply said, hey, there were no, I'm two doors down, there were no insurrectionists in our hallway because the press was not, they weren't correcting the record. And there's no doubt that we were all traumatized and concerned. Um, but it was a very scary, dangerous situation. We were sitting ducks, and I never want to see that again. Well, I just want to thank you, Representative Nancy Mays, for spending time with me. I know that you are up against the clock. You've been generous with your time. We wish you the best in your recovery, and thank you again. And I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Carolyn Murray. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe, write a review, and tell your friends about it. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye until the next time.